guys, welcome back to another podcast on MA Unhinged. We are back and we've got some fantastic fights to talk about this weekend. UFC Vegas 72 goes down and we've got a fantastic main event, Yong Song versus Ricky Simone. It's a fantastic one to talk about and none other than Oscar Silva joins me here to talk about it once again. So thank you, Oscar. Now to pleasure. How are you doing? Yeah, we are back again and this time... Uh, we are going to recap UFC 287's highlights, and then we are going to preview UFC Vegas 73 song versus Simone. I'm glad to finally be in better health to return to the podcast game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's good to have a good regular podcast. Uh, I feel like it. You know, it's good to talk about these fights. Um, and after these fights, I'm so eager to talk about the highlights. And you mentioned, you know, UFC 287 had so many highlights to talk about. And, uh, we, we, you know, let's start it with none other. The top. The man at the top of the bill. The big man that returned back to winning ways. That little voice crack. We won't talk about that. But he returned back to winning ways, uh, beating uh, Alex Pereira, reclaiming that belt, reclaiming against the boogeyman who beat him three times and he got it done. Um, and it was phenomenal. I think the way he set up this knockout, the way he kind of, um, you know, stepped up against the cage, he knew Alex Pereira would have came in and tried to get that entourage, but no, he he, he was too slick, he was too smart for Pereira, and he just counted on that fence and just, just starched him. It was beautiful. Adesanya overcame the ghost of his past, finally, as I predicted him to do so. He was... In a spot where we don't see him usually. Uh, sure, he was not officially the underdog, but I saw more doubters uh, discussing Adesanya's uh, overall demeanor during fight week in a very negative manner. They were saying that it looked like he it was maybe just a fight he couldn't win. But I, I look back at those other fights, and Adesanya always is doing significant damage to Pereira. And I just thought Pereira, he's obviously uh, on the older side. He's the older guy here. And I thought that damage would catch up to him. And it did. He ate two massive overhand rights from Adesanya and went cold out. And uh, Adesanya got just a perfect revenge moment by slinging three arrows, as Pereira likes to do in his walkout. And then he goes and uh, taunts. Pareda's son. It's just a moment that's going to live in infamy for many, many years to come. Yeah, I, I, I bet it felt great for Anastasia reclaiming that belt against, as you mentioned, the, you know, the boogeyman, the, go, the ghost of his past, beating three times. And to overcome that, you know, going into that fight, Anastasia must have probably had some doubts, but, you know, it, it, it seemed like he, you know, he stayed strong mentally and overcame it. And there was a, you know, this is his legacy. That we, you know, we're going to be talking about in you know five years time, and we're going to be look, look back and on this fight, we're going to look back specifically on this fight and realize, wow, Adesanya, he, you know, he was special, and you know, he he conquered some fantastic things in MMA, and this is going to be one of the highlights, the best highlight probably of his of his career. Yeah, I would I would say this is the best knockout of his career. Uh, the Robert Whitaker one always comes to mind, of course, but when you look at the circumstances. In just uh, the fact that Pereira was absolutely out cold, frozen, like Elsa, as Adesanya likes to say, 
it was just it was just epic in more ways than one. And uh, we also would like to address the retirement of Jorge Masvidal in the co-main event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gilbert Burns, you know, shutting down Jorge Masvidal, um, and then obviously some, uh, retired, uh, you know, moments after. Um, he, he kind of said what I expected uh, of Masvidal going into the, uh, this one. Masvidal got on the mic and just kind of said that, you know, his heart's not in it anymore. Or, you know, he's not feeling the same. And I, I was just kind of feeling that was, the, you know, the case heading into that one. And, you know, Masvidal hadn't won since beating Nate Diaz in, like, 2019. He's, he's been on a really rocky road. And, yes, he has lost to the best in the last few. But his time was going to come. He's getting older. He's not getting younger. And I felt like we were going to see the last of him and the downfall. But i got to say, Masvidal really did go up on top. You know, if you look at his last three fights, they were three of the best in the world. Yeah, no shame in those losses. Even this one in Gilbert Burns where he did not look look like himself he looked slow uh he was getting hit a lot and the takedown defense just wasn't there at all uh gilbert burns is an absolute monster and the fact that he's already signed on to fight Bilal muhammad on the next ufc pay-per-view on may 6th that that is a testament to the lack of damage he took in this fight quite frankly uh masvidal the best shots he landed were just some leg kicks uh but yeah what a run for masvidal what a career resurgence and for Gilbert Burns, it, he's just going to be, I think he's going to be in a spot to possibly jump Kobe Covington because it's very hard to justify giving the title shot over Gilbert if he goes out there and beats up a lot, especially with a finish. 2018 discussion in my head. Um, yeah. knocking, out, uh, knocking out Ashkin, knocking out Darren Till, beating Nate Diaz. It was a thing of beauty. If I could go relive one of the one of the few moments in MMA, I think it would be that. It was such a special time witnessing it, and obviously, it it, it was it, the, the hype was real back then. It was good. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now let's move on to this Saturday's UFC Vegas seventy two hailing for the Apex. Absolutely, uh, but yeah, we have so much to talk about. UFC two eighty seven. Just quickly before we move on, it was a fantastic event. Rob Font obviously winning, Kevin Holland winning, Christian Rodriguez upsetting the odds. And as mentioned uh, before we went on air, Oscar predicted that on the show. And Kevin Gasolin returning back to the winning ways in a fantastic uh, fight. Um, it was a really good. And it was quite a shame that it was on the prelims. But yeah, it was a fantastic card all round. UFC 287 delivered so many talking points. And there's going to be so many more probably this weekend. Uh, and let's start off with the main event um, that we want to talk about. Uh, Yodong Song versus Ricky Simone. It's a fantastic card. Uh, top to bottom, you know, we've got some, you know, we've got some legends up there. We've got, you know, we've got some prospects coming through. Uh, but, you know, the prospects will highlight the card. And that's Yudong Song versus Ricky Simon. We talked about before we went on there, a tough matchup to pick. Ricky Simon going into this one, you know, off the back of five win streaks or, or, or something like that. Uh, his last three, last few, he's beat Jack Shaw. He beat Rafael Sensao. So he's got a little bit of steam going into this one. But Yudong Song, you know, he's, he, he's a crafty little prospect and you know he's got some power in him hands he's with team alpha male he's got some good and you know take down defense so it's going to be a tough night at the office for both of them but oscar who do you think is going to be victorious i think song dong will win via second round ko here song dong has absolute dynamite in his hands he was able to knock out julio arce marlon Moraes, alejandro perez the guy, if he touches you, will 
likely put you away. Uh, in his last fight, he took on Corey Sanhagen. And in that fight, the fight was stopped due, a, due to a cut above Song's eyebrow. But if you look back, Corey Sanhagen wrestled like he's never wrestled before because he was eating huge shots from Song on the feet. Likely for Corey, he's got a really good chin. I can't really say the same for Corey, uh, for uh, Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone was Uriah, Uriah Faber's comeback fight. Uriah Faber was already in the Hall of Fame. He came back in his home state of California and went out there and starched Ricky Simone in about a minute, I think it was. And uh, after the fight in the post-fight interview, we saw Faber give credit to Simone for uh, teaching him how to throw that exact punch. And uh, I think Song will use that same punch and put away. Ricky Simone. Sure, Ricky Simone, he's got all the tools to beat uh, someone like Song Gidong, who prefers to strike and only is catching up with the grappling. And uh, you look at the fight with Casey Kenny, he got taken down many times in that spot. And then he also fought uh, Cody Stamen. That was declared a draw, but I thought that was ridiculous. I thought Song clearly lost that fight. He just got out wrestled there. And this is a five-round fight, and I don't think Ricky can avoid getting clipped for five whole rounds. I think Sangi Dong will find that, that chin and uh, will land the perfect bomb and get the knockout. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic breakdown from Oscar. Um, I, I, I completely agree with some of the points you're, uh, you're making. As you, talk, as you talked about Ricky Summer and getting knocked out by Uriah Faber, um, Uriah Faber, um, 40 years of age, knocking him out. It's not, it's not a great look. Um, and obviously, Uriah Faber, he, he, you know, he coaches that team alpha male. So, if you look at it, who's going to be in the corner of Yudong Song? Uriah Faber. He's prepared for a Simon before. Yeah, 100%. Of, of course, I'm not going to dismiss the fact that Ricky has improved since that fight defensively. Uh, he, he's had a tremendous performances you just look at the knockout win over Rafael Sensao and the submission over the once undefeated Jack Shore those were spectacular performances that I don't think he was capable of uh prior to that Faber fight but I, I still think that the chain obviously has not gotten better in song he's just more and more accurate with those hands as of late Absolutely. It's a fantastic fight. I'm looking forward to it. It's a close one uh, in the main event. As you can see here, uh, according to Tapology anyway, Ricky Simon, a minus 140 favourite. That's, that, that, that's pretty tight. Yeah, I, I'm i not really sure um, why people would have that level of confidence in Simo, quite frankly. I know he's he's got the tools to do it, but it, it's just... Uh, these days, the judges they do like to record damage above everything, and I think uh, I think the guy more capable of laying the bigger shots will be uh, Song Yudong. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'm also going Song Yudong. Um, he, he, you know, he's still 25 years of age. It's ridiculous. I've seen uh, how, how many times we've seen inside the UFC, and he's still very, very young. Um, he's got a bright future in front of him. He's uh, and I, I feel like we're going to see a good performance from uh, Yudong Song. Uh, and he, and I feel like if he does get that win, I, I would love to see the UFC eat into that market. I know they've been trying with the UFC um, road to the UFC series. I'd love to see, obviously, um, 
Wales Yang defender belt. We could have Yudong Song on there. I think that market would be phenomenal for the UFC. So hopefully, he does get a win. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're swift to move over. Uh, we've got Borrello versus Michel Oshin Olenzajek uh, in the co-main event, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to throw it out as plain and simple. Carl Borrello is amazing. He's phenomenal, and he, he's he's going to get the job done. But I I, I don't really see how Michel Olenzajek wins this. Um, he's good on his hands. He's not really a powerful, you know, powerful puncher. Um, but Carl Barrello is a submitter. He, you know, he submits to everyone. He, he he's phenomenal. As if you look at his last few fights, uh, he he's looked near unstoppable. As you can see here, I, I say a submitter, but you know, he, his last three fights are decisions, so that makes me look awkward. Uh, Armin Petrosian, really good fighter. Ma- Mahmoud Mamadov, you know, Floyd Mayweather, you know, prospect, and he beats him decision. Uh, I just don't see how Michelle Jacek wins this fight. Um, but Oscar, you're in agreement. Yeah, I have to go with Kyle Bohayo here because his fight IQ is pretty high, and he finds uh, he finds a way to always get that backpack position, and he will do anything not to lose it. He doesn't care about getting the submission; he cares about securing the position. And getting his hand raised at the end of the night, even though uh, it may not be the most exciting style, he's going to implement it. And a guy like Michal and Shashuk, I don't think he can stop it. Michal got submitted by Jimmy Crew with a Kimura, and he also got Von, uh, Von Prue choked against Owen St. Prue. Those fights were at light heavyweight. He was always undersized, but he was able to hang with those guys because he had dynamite in those hands. And Kyle never been knocked out before and on the feet he's got a karate style that uh doesn't involve him getting to the boxing range all that much so i think on the feet he'll make sure to stay safe maybe use a couple leg angle possibly a submission but uh he fought armin petrosian and armin petrosian that guy's jujitsu is very low level and he could not submit him so uh, i i think he gets a unanimous decision in this fight. Um, but if for whatever reason it stays on the feet, uh, we should expect Michal Olegsheysha to uh, to kind of bully him there. But uh, I just don't think he can stop those takedowns. Absolutely agree. Uh, it, it's a phenomenal fight. I'm looking forward to it. Bakara Bahela is an amazing prospect. I'm looking forward to see how he gets on. Uh, and shout out to MMA Locker and Mills. Thanks for watching. Absolute pleasure. If you need some better tips, uh, Mills is always on point with that, so make sure you go over there and get some tips. Um, but as is our man Oscar here on the show, so make sure you stay here as well. Um, he's always he's always solid, and I feel like this next one as well. Um, this one to me, it, it seems like an easy pick, but we've seen Vieira get tired uh, a lot in his last few fights. Chris Curtis again, obviously, that was um, a decision loss, um, and obviously, he just gets tired in the last two rounds. Um, but Chris Curtis, he's gone on to go in the rankings. Before that, obviously, the fluffy uh, Hernandez uh, submission loss. But Cody Brundage, I, I, I don't really rate him as highly as I do Vieira. I think Vieira is a fantastic grappler. It's just some things that he really needs to sort out. A little bit in his striking and a little bit in that cardio. And we really need to see them improvements. But at the age of 33, near pushing 34, are we ever going to see that? I'm not too sure. But that that being said, I'm still going to wrap up. Um, Vieira, I think he's the better fighter, um, and I feel like he can get this fight to the ground and potentially get a submission victory. Uh, but he needs to do it in the first round or the second round because we've seen 
what happens when it goes late? Yeah, I thought Hadolfo Vera has shown improvement since that uh, really bad look against Fluffy Hernandez where he got guillotine choked and the guy's a former ADCC champion. Uh, it's 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 a rough situation if you're ever going to place money on Vieira because on paper, it looks like he should put these guys away. But you look at uh, those fights where he gets extended and it doesn't look all that great. But you have to look at the Dustin Stolzis fight. People say there's no way he wins this fight if it gets into the third round. It went to the third round and he got Dustin Stolzis back and he choked him out. I think Cody Brendage uh, is a solid wrestler with improving striking. He's in camp with Dustin Jacoby and Anthony Smith all the time at Factory X, so he's bound to get better, but I don't think his jiu-jitsu is uh, ever going to catch up to Rodolfo Vieira. And uh, I, I think he probably gets submitted in this spot. Uh, we saw him take on um, the Diaz protege. Uh, the name is slipping me right now. Nick, uh, Nick Maximoff. Yeah, yeah, Nick Maximov, and he got taken down multiple times in that fight. He got his back taken. I think if Adolfo Vieira gets into any of those positions, he'll be able to finish the choke. So I'll go with uh, Adolfo Vieira by second-round submission. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously, respect to Cody Brunners, as you talked about, a really good wrestler uh, and improving with his hands as well. And never been submitted in his career. Um, he has been finished twice, but as that, that was punches. Um, and, and obviously uh, ground and pound uh, eventually followed them. That was against William Knight on the Contender Series in 2020. Uh, he, he got elbowed and obviously the ground and pound followed. And then his last fight against Misha Olajacek, where obviously he got hit with a flurry of punches and obviously he got the hammer fists. Um, and that, that, that was the end of it. So is there a question about, you know, his, his durability? Uh, I know it's two... two, two um, submit, so, uh, not sorry, two finishes that he's had in his career. But is there a question about his durability um, that we could probably look at, or do you think that's um, we're, we're going to see improvement from this? And obviously, it, we're not going to maybe we're not going to see it go to uh, uh, you know go to the ground because it's two it's two grapplers. Maybe they're going to stand up and strike. Yeah, and if that were the case, uh, Vieira, he's not going to be a fish out of water because he fought Chris Curtis. And that fight was very competitive. I gave him at least a round in that fight because the threat of the takedown really made uh, Chris Curtis shell up a little bit at times. So uh, I, th I think Adolfo Vieira uh, can win this fight in more ways than one. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously, we talked about a submission threat. It's, 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 always, it's always dangerous. It's always evident. Um, and that's always going to be you um, on the defense, on the D, because you, you just know how dangerous he can be. Uh, but the rest of the card is phenomenal. Uh, as you can see here, Julia Rosa, absolute uh, savage when he fights. Waldo Cortez Acosta, prospect um, in the heavyweight division. Um, he come from boxing, now he's in MMA, and he's 9-0, and he's looking phenomenal. Josh Quinlan, absolutely fantastic prospect. He takes on Trey Walters. Uh, Martin Bidet was Jay Collier. That's a good one. Cody Durden returns against Charles John, uh, Johnson. Stephanie Edgar versus um, Arena Alexeva, who uh, missed weight, I do believe. And Johnny Neeson uh, takes on Marcus McGee, who takes his fight on like two, three days' notice or one day notice, whatever. Um, it's ridiculous. Haley Cohen, she also missed weight, and she will fight Johnny Lee Hoof. Um, this is a good, this is a good, good little card. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll work quickly. Is it breathing on my end? 
gonna have to refresh Hello, the page, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can't. There was a little freeze there for a bit. Okay, that's cool. Anyway, I was just, I was talking through the card, going down the card, and we'll work our way through um as we go down. Uh but yeah, next one to speak about Julian Rosa. I mean, when Julian Rosa fights, he's always in a cracker. Um, we've seen it in a you know his past few fights off the top of my head. Um, obviously Alex Gutierrez, he got knocked out. It was a good fight. Um, Stephen Peterson, Charles Jordan, the, you know he's been in some wild wild fights. Song Wu Choi, man, he's it's absolutely incredible. And his adversary, he's taking on Fernando Padilla. Um, obviously he's fighting from fighting out of Mexico, uh, and he is the, making his UFC debut. So against a veteran like Julian Rosa making your UFC debut. You gotta think maybe it's an uphill task already. Yeah, it, it would be an uphill task normally, but here's the thing. Julian Arosa has been knocked out about six times in his UFC runs. Uh that's correct runs. This is his third run with the UFC. Uh the durability has been unreliable for him, but if he can stick to a strict game plan or just weather an early storm from opponents, he's able to shine out there. And I thought that the best performance of his entire career was against Hakeem Dawadu. That was a fight where I was super confident in Dawadu's uh, traditional Muay Thai striking being too much for him. But in that fight, the relentless pressure and the grappling really paid dividends for Julian Arosa here. And I think should he do the same uh, to uh, Padilla, Padilla will really struggle. And I think he will give up a third round uh, dar stroke to Julian Arosa. Uh, Julian Arosa, of course, got knocked out by Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres in his last fight, but that was a, a fantastic kick with unbelievable timing. I don't think Padilla is capable of that. He's more of a traditional Mexican boxer, so I'll go with uh, Arosa here. I'm not overly high on uh, Padilla. He's very untested. Julian Rosa has been in several wars, and assuming he doesn't get knocked out, I think he really puts it on the young uh, Fernando Padilla. Yeah, Julian Arosa is a tough test for anyone in that 145-pound division. Free debut as well. Um, he's been around in the UFC for a very long time. He's experienced. He's a veteran. And um, I, I just got to think it's an uphill task. It's a tough task. And I do feel like Julian Arosa will come out on top. Um, yeah, it's a phenomenal fight. Julian Arosa has always been on some, some crackers. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully he gets the job done. Uh, next one, Wilder with Costa. Uh, Cortez Costa, as I talked about, a heavyweight prospect. We don't get many of them coming through inside the USA. It's usually the same names. And he's taken on the biggest test, I would say, in all of his career. We've seen last, uh, last time out, he beat Chase Sherman. Before that, he beat Jared Vendera. Before that, he, um, he was on a contender series. He beat Daniel uh, Sousa, or I don't know how to say that, but yeah, Daniel Sousa. Uh, but yeah, Waldo takes on his big test now against, obviously, Marcus Rodrigo de Lima, who's been around for, for a very long time. So recently, some, so, um, Andre Olofsky, uh, lost to Blagoy Ivanov, uh, beat Ben Rothwell, uh, Maurice Green, lost to uh, Romanov. So you just know, you know, the level of Marcos uh, Rodrigo de Lima. He can, he can hang with the best in the world, but he's lost also some of the best in the world. Um, as I talked about, Blagoy Ivanov and uh, Alexander Romanov. Uh, so it's a big, tough uh, test for Wilder Acosta. Uh, but he's, he, he has been looking spectacular in his last two fights. Do you see him, you know, overcoming the big test in, in a veteran? Uh, this is a very tough one to pick. Uh, I kind of wrote off Marcos Hagerio de Lima after the really bad losses to Stefan Struve 
and Alexander Romanov. Romanov was able to get a four-round choke on Rogero de Lima, who calls himself a black belt. I don't know if you can call yourself a black belt after that one. That forearm choke is the only forearm choke in UFC history. And then you you look at the Struve fight, Struve coming out of retirement. No, uh, yeah, he retired after that fight. Uh, so he knocks down Struve, but he tires himself out and gets admitted there. Uh, luckily for him, Cortez Acosta, not much of a grappler. He got taken down by Chase Sherman, for goodness sake. Uh, he's only looking at box. His uh, leg kick defense is really poor. He feels like chewed up and stretches more. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Marcos Hachero de Lima here because since I think he's won every fight, even that fight he lost to Blakoy Ivanov, I scored that fight for him convincingly. I was high on Ivanov coming in, but Ivanov has really bad knees and he looks slow lethargic in that fight so he was getting clipped a lot and he actually got controlled up against the cage there so i think marcos is here de lima will have a really good game plan with the coaches at american top team to mix in some takedowns and uh and in terms of power i would say uh, marcos de lima has comparable power to um to uh salsa boy and i think he's gonna be able to win a close decision here uh by landing bigger shots on the feet and by getting some takedowns in. But don't get me wrong, the cardio is on the Cortez Acosta side all day. But uh, I just don't know if that'll be enough to win. Absolutely agree. Um, it's a tough one to pick. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Moving on to the next one. Josh Quinlan returns. Another prospect that is looking phenomenal as well. 6-0 versus Trey Waters. Um, this one's a, always another one, I would say, another tough one to pick. Um, but I'm favoring Josh Quinlan, and I'd love to know what you're favoring, Oscar. Yeah, Josh Quinlan has done nothing but knock guys out in the first round. Uh, there's uh, the contender series fight he had, I believe that was overturned uh, due to steroids. He confessed to it all, and he shows that he probably doesn't need him when he goes out there and fights Jason Witt, and one punch KOs him. That was that was ultra impressive. I know it's Jason went one of the worst trains we've seen in recent memory, but still, to be able to do that uh, that quickly is really something. Um, and I think against a guy like Trey Waters, who fights tall, is going to leave his chin wide open to be clipped by a guy like uh, like Quinlan. I think when I think Quinlan uh, gets the job done here. There's not much to break down here. Uh, because these guys ha haven't been able to show their full skill sets yet because they're so early in their careers. Uh, Quinlan is training at Extreme Couture. Uh, he used to train at um, Vanderlei Silva's Muay Thai gym. Uh, so we know that striking will be there. And uh, hopefully he's got three-round cardio if he can't finish Waters early. But there's no evidence to show me that uh, Quinlan uh, doesn't have the kind of knockout power that will be reliable. Yeah, absolutely agree. Josh Quinlan, uh, six wins, six finishes. Uh, Trey, obviously, his his sole loss is against Gabriel Bonfim on the contender series back in 2022. And that was a Von Fluke joke. So, he hasn't been finished on the feet, but John, Josh Quinlan, as we talked about, has that power, uh, has that striking background, and obviously has the coaches in place to set him right. 
um, to go and get a job done. He's a fantastic prospect, and let's hope he can make it two back-to-back wins, obviously, you mentioned over there after the uh, no contest. So let's see if he can make it back-to-back wins now inside the UFC. Martin Bidet versus Jay Collier. Keep it simple. This one is a, a typical heavyweight fight uh, inside the UFC or inside MMA. Um, if you look at Martin Bidet, um, you know, he's he, he's very, as we've seen, he has so far uh, inside the UFC, beat Chris Barnett, uh, beat uh, Lucas Brzezinski, uh, and now he takes on Jake Collier, to, who, to be honest, gained a lot of weight, moved up to heavyweight, and had a little bit of success, but he's just never going to... I just don't see him right doing as good as he's going to, you know, when he when he goes faces up can against you? Him, you know, these bigger guys. Oh. Yeah, I can hear you, Oscar. You're on my end, uh... Oh damn! Uh, I'm I'm not sure what's happening, but I I, I can hear you. Uh, but yeah, it pushes you back. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. As I was mentioning, I, I, I was saying, uh, Jay Collier had success when he moved up. Um, he, you know, he had been away again, from again, unfortunately. Oh no! This is this is terrible. Uh, but yeah, I'm not too sure what's happening. Uh, I, I, I'll give it a quick refresh. Uh, but yeah, if you can talk about this fight, that'd be brilliant, Oscar. Uh, okay, it seems like Oscar has dipped uh, away. Uh, I, I believe Oscar's back in now. Hello? Hello? Oscar, can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Okay, thank you very much. These things can never go your way. It's phenomenal. Um, the power of the internet is um, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I was speaking up Martin Bidet. Um, I, I, I favour Martin Bidet in this one. I said Jake Collier had success when he came up, when he fought these guys, when he fought these lower-level guys. But Martin Bidet, I think he's going to be too strong, too big as well. I think he's going to be too powerful and he's going to have his way. There was, a, there was a time where I was on this Jake Collier train. He beat Sean Vellante. He beat... Um, Chase Sherman. I just thought he's the guy that can fight for 15 minutes. He's not a natural heavyweight, so he has some real speed on his side. But then he goes out there against Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett, the can crusher from the regional circuit, who's very uh, underside for the division. And he gasses out. And Barnett, who's really only known for his striking, somehow gets on top with his obese frame and uh, smashes him until the referee pulls him off. I thought that was one of the most embarrassing performances uh, I can recall in the octagon. And uh, should Martin Boudet find his way on top, I think he would do the same to Collier and much quicker. But I, I don't think we'll see much, uh, much of that. Instead, we'll see Boudet get a lot of control time in the clinch and just beat up on uh, Jake Collier. And I say that Collier probably gets finished in the third round. Because uh, Collier just he just didn't look in that fight against uh, Chris Barnett. I just can't, I can't pick him ever again after that fight, quite frankly. 
and today he's coming off a win over Lucas Zabreski. I didn't think he won that fight, but he still was able to fight for 15 hard minutes and uh, land some big shots in the process that were able to convince some judges. So I think Martin Boudet is one of the safest picks for this weekend. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Martin Boudet is only lost in MMA. Came against Han Espino. Um, and Han just recently retired. So, and Han was a really, really good fighter. Um, We've seen him, you know, have success in the UFC. Two and one, I believe. And his only loss came with Romanov. And that was a controversial one. So, um. There's no shame in that loss. Han Espinia uh, has some skills, some talent, so fair play to him. And obviously talks about Martin Bidet. Uh If you look outside the UFC, a lot of finishes. I, I believe all his all his wins outside the UFC were finishes. Uh, even the contender series, he got a finish as well. But then when he got inside the UFC, it's obviously he's had two decisions in a row. So will we see him get back to finishing ways? I do believe so. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jake Collier is not far from retirement, if you ask me. Absolutely. He's been around for a very long time. He had that big break. Um, Ultimately, it's going to catch up with him. But yeah, we'll move on. Cody Durden, uh, Charles Johnson. We'll keep these one quite quick uh, as we uh, we talk about the prelims. Uh, Cody Durden versus Charles Johnson. Who have you got? Yeah, you're freezing on part of my end again, unfortunately. All right, if you can hear me... Um... Cody Durden versus yeah, Charles I Johnson. Yeah, I can. We're good now. Who's he got? This is a very tough one to pick. Charles Johnson is incredibly active. It feels like he fights every two months, and uh, that appears to be the case. Debuted against Muhammad Makaev. He got out grappled there. Then he takes on uh, Shogashu Magulov. And in that fight, I thought he lost that because he got out grappled. And then he takes on Ode Osborne, who's mostly known for his striking, and he gets out grappled. So uh, I'm not really sure how to feel about Charles Johnson's ceiling in this division, but at the end of the day, he's finding a, a solid wrestler in Cody Durden, who's been working on his striking. He's got explosivity. He has a 10 8, well, he's got a 10 8 round over Chris Gutierrez, who's ranked at Benwick, which is very hard to do. Um, Cody Durden is a guy I'm probably going to have to pick in this spot. Sure, his striking is not super clean, but it's effective. He knocked out J.P. Bays with it, and uh, I don't like the fact that uh, Charles Johnson is uh, being this active because uh, he's taking some damage in these fights. So I I'm going to have to pick him after Ode Osborne was able to get some takedowns on him. Why can't Cody Durden uh, win a close position in that manner? Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. And then we'll, we'll keep this moving, keep it moving. Seth Yeager, we're taking Irina uh, Alexeva. Uh, and to be honest, Irina, she, she comes from uh, Bellator. Uh, and I'm, to be honest, I'm not too sure why the UFC signed her. If you look at her record, it's not great. It's not, you know, it's not it's not pretty. Um, and obviously her loss came to an eight and six um, fighter, uh, obviously in the, on, on the regional scene. Uh, and I, I'm, so it's just not, it's not, pre not impressive. It's not good enough. It's, um she's not really been that active either. Um, before that, her last fight, she last fought in 2019. So she's only fought twice in the last the, the, the last four years. It's ridiculous. And then Stephanie Edgar, if you look at her run, she's been active. She fought three times inside the UFC in, in 2022. She beat Jessica Rose Clark. She beat Alan Perez. I think it has all the makings for Stephanie Edgar to get this one done and possibly by submission. 
Yeah, not only that, Alex Siva missed weight. She weighed in at 140 today. Horrible look. And she looked cocky after uh, after missing weight. Uh, she's no Hamza Chimaev. I think she's going to get uh, embarrassed here. First round on bar for the judoka master, Stephanie Egger. I think uh, I think she's already uh, proved that she's going to hang around the UFC for quite a while because her submission game is no joke. I think she's going to um, maybe send her out of the UFC with this one, with this uh, first round finish because uh, the UFC does not like when you miss weight coming in like this. Especially after she uh, her last fight, she was going to fight straw weight, and that got to a catch weight of 20, 129 pounds, and then she misses the bandit weight limit. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, the UFC, as you mentioned, were definitely not like that. And uh, we move on swiftly to Johnny Nielsen, uh, Johnny Nielsen, sorry, taking on Marcus McGee. Marcus McGee, as I mentioned, will be taking this fight on a one-day, two-day notice. It's um, it, it's a tough ask for him. Um, six wins out of his, uh, six wins out of seven, six finishes out of six. So he's got that instinct in his last fight. Um, I believe he got a head kick knockout, and um, or, 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 or yeah, I think something like that. Uh, but Johnny Newsom, you know, he's been around inside the UFC for a very long time. Uh, well, not for a very long time, but for, you know, for quite a bit, and he's not had the great success. We've seen it. He's one in three inside the UFC. Lost to Sergio Morozov. Uh, lost to Randy Costa. Lost to Ricardo Ramos. So, and obviously, uh, a no contest versus uh, uh, Domingo Pilate. So, he's not had the greatest success. He's not been, you know, he's not had that, you know, success for me to to pick him. But then again, Marcus McGee, he's coming in short notice. He's coming for his debut. This one's a tough one to pick because it could just go so many different ways because there's, there's so many uncertainties heading to this one. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Journey Newsom, he's already taken on a debuting fight before in, in um, the name is slipping me here. Is it Fernie Garcia? Yeah, Fernie Garcia. Fernie Garcia was a favorite over Journey Newsom, and he showed him why he's uh, he's hang, hung around in the UFC. He's got a solid all-around game. He can mix and take down. He's got knockout power. Showed it off against Domingo Polarte before. Um, I think he probably wins a close decision here. Uh, he himself has been knocked out in the UFC before by Randy Costa, who's no longer in the UFC. So uh, it wouldn't be the craziest thing if he himself gets knocked out. But uh, McGee coming in on show notice, probably not with the best of preparation. So uh, I think uh, I'll go with Journey Newsom here to win by decision. Yep, completely agree. Um, I think it's a tough ask for me, McGee coming in. Uh, but M six six finishes that six is, is looking good. And obviously, he talks about Jenny Newsom getting uh, getting knocked out by Randy Costa. So you never know what's going to happen. Uh, moving on to the next one, uh, Haley Cohen um, will be making her UFC debut, uh, and she misses weight. We talked to her; she did miss weight. I believe this is the other fighter to miss weight. Uh, and Jamie Lynn Hoof, um, the Canadian, she'll be coming in five and zero, seven and two. Both making their debut. Who have you got, Oscar? I think we're going to be looking at a split decision. Either way, here, uh, Jim Lane Horth is uh, pretty physical. Nice to have a lot of control time up against the cage. I'm not expecting a bar burner here by any means. Uh, the same goes for Hilly Cowan. She's not looking to knock you out. Uh, it doesn't have some crazy uh, jujitsu black belt to submit you right away. So we're probably going to get uh, these two girls just fighting a very close fight. And it's going to come down to who's physically stronger. Kaylee Howen, she's a really high-level athlete, but 
I just haven't seen her put it all together. I'm a contender to see if she barely got that win. And for whatever reason, Dana White gave her the, the contract, even though the fight was super boring. Um, and the fact that she missed weight, that's it's not, not, not a confidence booster for me, but uh, I'm going to have to side with uh, with Kelly Howen here to get a very close split decision. Uh, yeah, she's even on the contingencies where she got in some bad spots, she's able to reverse position and get on top ultimately. But I hope she doesn't jump on many things as she did on the contingencies that Kabari bet on. But uh, yeah, I just think it, it goes to the scorecards and uh, Cowan might just be able to do enough to get her hand raised. Yep, I agree. Uh, I I think this one goes to the scorecards. But which way, I don't know. Um, it's too close to pick, too hard to pick. Um, I think it's just going to be little elements that is going to win this fight. And uh, we, we, we're going to see what happens this weekend. But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up, Oscar. Um, a fantastic UFC... Oh, wait. Oh, no, we talked. A fantastic UFC Vegas 72 going down this weekend. Back in the apex, I believe. So, uh, yeah, UFC apex. Back in the apex. So, uh, it, you know, it's tough to see the UFC finalized back in the apex, but here we are. But, yeah, you're doing this song, Ricky Simone, uh, main event. Oscar, you got any last words before you let, let them go? Yeah, just make sure to enjoy the fights. Then, uh, Sergey Pavlovich versus John Jones. That's at the top of my wish list for UFC fights. <laughs> Absolutely. Sergey Pavlovich is a monster. He's, he's incredible. And it just makes you think. Of the dream fight that we could have had a Sergio Pavlovich versus Francis Ngarni, but but MMA is never good to us. It's never kind. Yeah, it's not kind to the athletes or the fans at times. <laughs> Absolutely agree. But yeah, thank you very much, Oscar. An absolute pleasure. It's good to be back to back talking to you, and hopefully we can make it obviously next week as well and uh, try and get some you know momentum going. Uh, it's been phenomenal, Oscar. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, obviously, this weekend it's going to be such a good fight. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you're well. Uh, I'm, I'm just pumped up. I'm amped to go. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Oscar. An absolute pleasure. And I hope you have a good weekend. All right. Enjoy the fights, guys. Yep. Enjoy the fights, everyone. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, we catch you soon.